Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 56. This is going to be the Lou Lamarillo episode. Hi, I'm your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday. Please find me on Twitter at a gross Newsday. Please check for the blue little check mark to see that yeah, it's a verified account. This is the silly season in the NHL. A lot of fake Twitter accounts pop up now. So uh, please check a gross Newsday and look for the blue check mark to make sure that it's my verified account that you're getting information for. And welcome back. I hope you had a chance to listen to my previous episode, episode 55, the Alan Hahn episode. Uh, I got a lot of positive feedback uh, from that, and uh, I, I am going to give all the kudos to that to my, my guest, uh, the great Alan Hahn. Uh, obviously, with ESPN Radio and MSG Networks, does a lot of work with the uh, uh, Knicks pre- and post-game, obviously, but uh, at one point, a Newsday Islanders beat writer, and uh, just so much fun to go over uh, old stories about the Islanders with Alan. So if you haven't had a chance to check out that episode, after you listen to this episode, the Lou Lamarillo episode, please go back and listen to the Alan Hahn episode. And uh, I, I'm calling it the Lou Lamarillo episode because it's going to be a lot of clips from Lou Lamarillo's uh, media access on Tuesday, uh, that would have been September 29th, finally, uh, 12 days after the Islanders' season ends with a Game 6 uh, loss to the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Lou Lamarillo uh, addressed the media um, for his end-of-season press conference. And, you know, I've gone over this before. Typically, uh, breakup day is you go out to the practice facility and you talk to the players one by one. You talk to the GM and you talk to the coach and uh, you get a lot of material. But uh, obviously, uh, COVID-19 pandemic has changed a lot of things. So uh, we talked to Lou at the end of the season via Zoom. Uh, he spoke for about 30 minutes. Uh, I'm not going to play you absolutely everything. I've kind of cherry-picked uh, what I think uh, will, will, you know, make the most sense and uh, put it into an order that probably will, will hopefully flow together. And you guys would be proud of me. I'm actually reading off a, a notes and uh, kind of an episode log here. Uh, as I try and put this together. But uh, the main points out of Lou is that his focus is going to be on keeping his team together. Um, and we all know, you know, this. if last season it was about uh, the unrestricted free agents, Anders Lee, Jordan Eberle, Brock Nelson, Robin Leonard, who did go on to Chicago and now Vegas, um, this season is about the restricted free agents. You have Matthew Barzell, you have the defenseman Devon Tays, and Ryan Pulak. You have some others uh, in the minor leagues, but you know when I say key RFAs, those are the three I'm talking about, and I'm pretty sure those are the three that that Lou was talking about. And you know he said he's very comfortable in the fact that you know the the club will figure out a way to get all three of those key RFAs re-signed. But you know Lou is not hiding the fact, uh, not that he could. 
it, it's going to be a, a, a wacky offseason, folks, because uh, uh, the, the salary cap is remaining flat at $81.5 million. Uh, we, we've spoken over and over again about uh, how th- this pandemic is, you know, no fans in the building, revenue cut drastically. So uh, the, the salary cap, rem- cap remains flat at $81.5 million and... Lou said uh, he, uh, quote-unquote, believes that's going to happen likewise next year. So he's expecting at least two years of a flat salary cap. Um, now, the, the Islanders, uh, per the invaluablecapfriendly.com, and if you haven't checked out that website, please go there. It's got all the numbers. It's got a buyout calculator. It's got, you know, which draft choices the team has. Capfriendly.com pretty much has it all there. Um, But per Cap Friendly, the Islanders are around uh, 72.6 million in uh, already allocated funds towards the cap for next season. Now, uh, uh, the salary cap is 81.5 million. I know around the NHL, other teams are you know, they have an internal salary cap where they're not going to spend to the salary cap. Uh, the Islanders have given no indication uh, that that's the case, and Lou certainly, you know, did not indicate that. So we're going to assume that the Islanders can go to 81.5, and, and they're really going to have to uh, to get those three guys signed. We, we, we've spoken in the past what the numbers could be. It does seem like the Islanders are going to have to move some salary maybe to uh to fit those guys in or, or or make some trades uh you know you saw the the rangers trade the other day they to to get you know out from under mark Stahl's remaining contract they sent the veteran defenseman plus a second round pick to the detroit red wings for future considerations uh because detroit had the money to spend and those are the kind of deals you're looking at you're not getting anything back and you have to give up something to move the uh the the cap figure you know everyone wondering about how you know if the islanders try and move an andrew ladd contract or a leo komarov contract or you know a johnny boychuk contract those those are the deals that are out there to be made Lou did make <laughs> the point uh speaking specifically about the free agent market that more players are going to be available than people think. And and I, I think that's pretty logical because a lot of teams have to move a lot of salary. And there are some teams like the Detroit Red Wings, the Ottawa Senators being another one that have a, a ton of salary cap space that probably can take on a, a bad contract or two, but are looking to get paid to, to, to do so and being paid through assets, be it, you know, high draft picks or, you know, NHL ready prospects. So, you know, it, it's definitely not a, uh, a seller's market, uh, this off season. And Lou, uh, goes into that certainly knowing that, um, you know, but again, you know, he said he's going to focus on keeping his team together. And then if externally, you know, uh, they can go outside the organization and fit pieces in, uh, then they will do that. But, uh, you know, in addition to the uh, RFAs that we spoke about, Matthew Barzell uh, and the defenseman, Devontae's and, and Ryan Pulak, you also have uh, 
the the UFAs, the unrestricted free agents uh, on the NHL roster. That is Thomas Grice, the goalie, uh, the defenseman Andy Green, who uh, uh, Lou gave up some draft capital to his old team, the Devils, to bring over for the stretch run, and, and it certainly paid off. Um, but Andy wants to keep playing. Uh, we'll see whether you know that's a one or a two year deal that he can get uh, at thirty seven. Matt Martin, Mr. Islander, is going to be a UFA again. Um, Tom Kuhnhockel and Derek Broussard. So those are your five UFAs. And, you know, Lou always talks about wanting to bring all his free agents back. But uh, I, I, I don't think anyone sees a way to do that under the cap. And uh, certainly, you know, as Lou pointed out, uh, in Thomas Grice's case, he, he says everyone knows our goalie situation, and that would be Varlamov. Semyon Varlamov is signed for three more years at $5 million per. And, uh, the you know, the, the, the kid, I don't want to call him a kid, he's 25, I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, the, the highly touted Russian prospect, Ilya Sorokin, um, who everyone has wanted to see. He's in for one year at $2 million. So uh, Ilya Sorokin will certainly be part of the mix, and, and that certainly squeezes uh, Thomas Grice out. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, some other, uh, a couple of things, uh, newsworthy items uh, before we get to lose uh, audio. Uh, one, as far as injury updates, Lou updated us on the three players who left the Edmonton bubble. That would be uh, defenseman Adam Pellick, um, who has uh, the dubious uh, distinction of suffering two season-ending injuries um, between the Achilles tendon injury on January 2nd and then the uh, apparent wrist injury um, towards the end of the playoff run. So uh, uh, Adam Pellick, uh, wrist injury, and then... Casey Sezikis left with a reported detached retina, and also Tom Kuhnhockel left the bubble with what the Islanders are calling an upper body injury. And uh, Lou said that all three underwent successful surgery. They've already done so. So, uh, you know, their rehab, they're on the road to recovery already. And uh, Lou expects all three to be ready for training camp whenever training camp turns out to be. And uh, as far as the coaching staff, which is another standard breakup day question, you know, or are you expecting all your coaches back? Um, Lou says, <laughs> and <laughs> Lou said, unless you know something that I don't, uh, yes, he expects all the coaches to be back. That would be Barry Trotz, associate coach Lane Lambert, uh, the assistant coaches John Gruden, Jim Hiller, and the goalie tandem, uh, director of goaltending Mitch Korn, and the goalie coach Piero Greco. Uh, Lou says all of those uh, staffers should be back. Um, I guess last season the only question, you know, uh, or not the only question, because it turned out Scott Gomez uh, was not invited back. But, you know, everyone was expecting Lane Lambert to maybe uh, get a bite as an NHL head coach. And I, I would think uh, that would be the only way the coaching staff changes. But at this point, I, I don't expect uh, that to happen, and neither does Lou. Um, so he's expecting all the coaches back. And, and with that, let, let's delve into uh, some of this Lou Audio, and we'll start. Uh, he was asked, what, what was missing 
from the team during its playoff run. Obviously, you know, uh, best playoff run since 1993. Um, get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but you still wind up short of your first Stanley Cup final berth since 1984 for an organization that has not won the Cup since it won its fourth straight in 1983. So Lou was asked, what what was missing? I mean, obviously... The obvious answer might have been some, you know, some goals on the power play, but uh, Lou did not go there. Here's his response to uh, what was missing from the Islanders. I, I think that what we have to do, first of all, is focus in on, you know, what we've accomplished and what the differential is, is how much better we can get internally um, because there's just so much ice time you can allot different people. And uh, we have to evaluate ourselves. Uh, and I think that uh, what our players realized and recognized is that uh, uh, if you put the effort and you put the uh, competitiveness and you put the concentration into total focus, uh, it's amazing what you can do. Uh, and I think that a lot of our people came forward and really did some things uh, on each and every night uh, that they can, they can do better. Uh, so there's uh, there's room for improvement internally. Uh, if we can get better externally, uh, we'll certainly tr- do that. But right now, we're going to focus in on trying to keep our team together. So you, you hear there, Lou says the focus is on keeping this team together. And uh, a huge component of that is working out a new deal uh, with RFA Matthew Barzell. Now, of the three restricted free agents... Barzell is the only one without arbitration rights. Um, Still, Barzell could have some leverage if another team with cap space, you know, says, you know, offers them an offer sheet, you know, say at 10 million per, and and really tries to handcuff the the Islanders in in that way. I, I think more than ever, that certainly could be a possibility uh, this off season, and I'm sure it's one. Even though Lou, as you'll hear, did not really delve into answering this one directly, I'm sure uh, the brain trust there has thought about that scenario. And and Lou says that he is still comfortable that he's going to be able to to bring the RFAs back. So here's Lou's answer when asked about a potential offer sheet to Matthew Barzell. Uh, right now, Andrew, uh, all I'm doing is focusing in on uh, communication with each and every one of our uh, restricted free agents and also uh, unrestricted free agents and seeing exactly what we can get done. Uh, we did not have any communication during the playoffs so, uh, intentionally, and right now we're talking. Uh, I feel that uh, we'll get all our players signed uh, you know, in due time. Now, Lou was also asked whether there were any RFAs in the organization he would not offer a qualifying offer to. And those QOs are due by 5 p.m. on October 7th, which is the second day of the draft. Um, And the list beyond Taze, Barzell, Pulak uh, organizationally also includes Josh Hosang, who you remember was lent out to another AHL team before the pandemic hit. But you have Josh Hosang, who, who 
you know, can be qualified, as can defensemen Grant Hutton, Mitch Vandesumpel, Kyle Burrows, Parker Wotherspoon, and Sebastian Ajo, who I, I believe will play a big part in, in the organization's future, either as a, uh, a future defenseman in the NHL or as a trade asset. Um, and also uh, uh, Linus Soderstrom, the, uh, the goalie there. Uh, is on the RFA list. Now, Van de Sample and, and Soderstrom do not have enough service time. They cannot uh, attract uh, uh, any kind of offer sheets or anything like that. Lou, talking about whether or not RFAs will be qualified. Uh, we haven't finalized the, the list, but I'm sure there will be you know, one or two that we will not qualify. Uh, we have not made a final decision uh, you know, we've got several days to do that. We're talking internally uh, about it, but, uh, you know, we'll have that done when it's time to submit, certainly. Lou was also asked a, a broader question about what this free agent market will look like. Obviously, it's going to be a lot different than, you know, players, you know, UFAs going out there. There's a ton of UFAs. Lou makes the point there's going to be even more next year, uh, next after next season, with another expected uh, uh, year of flat salary cap. So, uh, you know, the free agent market, I, I don't want to say it's going to be volatile because that would imply that there's going to be a lot of movement. I think there could be a lot of players squeezed out. But here's Lou talking about what he expects the market for unrestricted free agents, how he expects that to play out. I, I wish I had the answer to that, uh, but I think that the market for the next couple of years is, is going to be, you know, very interesting to see how it plays out uh, because not only is this year the cap frozen, uh, but I would anticipate it will be likewise uh, the next year. And there are not only are a lot of players that are – you know, are restricted or unrestricted this year, but next year there are even more who have one year left on their contract. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, just what is done uh, as far as how it's handled. As you know, we still have arbitration. Uh, that certainly will play a role uh, for X number of players. Um, but as far as the market for unrestricted free agents, uh, that to me is going to be the most interesting uh, you know, sort of result. Uh, and I think there are going to be more players available uh, than people think. Now, specifically on the Islanders free agents, and again, that's Matty Martin, Derek Broussard, Tom Kuhnhockel, Andy Green, and goalie Thomas Grice. Here's uh, Lou talking specifically about the Islanders free agents. Uh, I think our goaltending situation is is pretty obvious. Uh, we certainly would like to sign uh, and have our free agents back. Uh, that has been communicated to them. Uh, you know, we have a period of time that we have to make some internal decisions and, you know, have to make some moves. Uh, uh, nothing uh, specific uh, at this point. When, when it happens, you know, you'll all hear about it. Uh, but uh, the, the contribution that they gave... Uh, uh, was in, was just fantastic, and you know the quality of people uh, that they are. So you know we certainly would like them back, and you know we'll do everything we can. 
Lou was also asked about with the salary cap uh, remaining flat and, and finances down about, you know, the, the, the scenario where they will have to move on from players that in other years they would not only be able to keep but, but want to keep. Um, he called that a last resort, but he certainly does not, you know, discount the notion that that might be something that happens. Uh, you know, right now, uh, you know, we're certainly exploring each and every situation that potentially can take place. Uh, but, you know, the the last resort, if there is such a word, uh, would be doing something certainly that you'd rather not do. Uh, but uh, I'm reasonably comfortable uh, that, uh, you know, we'll be able to accomplish what uh, we want to accomplish and have the team that uh, we want to put on the ice uh, once the season starts. Now, you heard Lou mention Ilya Sorokin, and, uh, who, who is in on a one-year $2 million contract uh, that he signed concurrently with his, uh, uh, with his one-year entry level. Um, so he has signed up for next season, and, and he will also, bonus, be eligible to play next season, as he was ineligible to, to play during this postseason after signing. But, but Lou said, uh, you know, this almost two months of practicing with the team in the bubbles certainly will pay dividends. And here were his impressions of Ilya Sorokin, getting him to see him really firsthand for the first time. Uh, in Toronto and Edmonton in the bubbles. Uh, Ilya, uh, certainly it was a tremendous opportunity for him uh, to integrate with the players. Um, Also, you know, he was taking English lessons daily, um, and uh, we were pleased with what we saw, of course. uh, You know, he's only in practice each and every day, Uh, but uh, we're excited to have him uh, on the contract I believe he's excited to be an Islander from every indication that I've gotten from him and the coaching staff and also the players. Um, And as Michael said, he was impressive, uh, uh, not only as a player, uh, but he's a tremendous human being. I guess the biggest question probably everyone has is, you know, now that the Stanley Cup has been crowned, the Lightning skated around, lifted the cup, and this season, you know, this... This season, which lasted over a calendar year, is over. The the big question is, when will we see the next NHL season? And uh, you heard Gary Bettman during the uh, Stanley Cup final saying the the start of next season may, quote-unquote, slip into January. Well, Lou says, you know, he doesn't have any more information than uh, you or I at this point, which I find hard to believe because Lou always has more information (laughs) about the NHL than you or I. But be that as it may, he he says those discussions really haven't begun in earnest and probably will uh, later in October after the NHL gets through uh, the draft and free agency. The uh, you know, the league and the players association really have to sit down and again, work out health and safety protocol guidelines. Um, One thing we know is it's not going to be six months in a bubble. Uh, Bill Daly uh, told the Associated Press that. Um, I, I don't think the players have 
any desire to 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 lock themselves away for that length of time to play a regular season and a postseason. So uh, the NHL and the NHL Players Association are going to have to figure out a method to uh, safely navigate a regular season. And I'm sure they're looking at what the NFL is doing, what Major League Baseball is doing. But Lou said whatever plan is announced, it's still going to be a quote-unquote fluid situation. So here's Lou talking about the prospects for next season. I think that that's something that, uh, uh, you know, the NHL will focus in on now that the Stanley Cups are over and the draft will be soon over in, uh, you know, 10 days or so. So I think after that, uh, they'll, they'll have some type of a preliminary plan. I don't know if we'll hear about it for a period of time. No different than uh, the protocol uh, that was presented as far as coming back to play. Uh, so they'll probably set a date at, at one given time, and then it'll be a fluid situation as far as whether it changes or not. But I have nothing that I'm aware of, nor that I have heard of any specific date. In fact, uh, uh, I heard uh, in an interview uh, with Commissioner uh, Bettman, uh, you know, that any of the rumors about dates, please, uh, they are exactly what uh, they are, what I've said, they're rumors. And, and then I thought a, a really interesting question to Lou uh, was not about the NHL. Uh, or the NHL's next season, it was about what about all those other leagues, uh, not just the AHL, but the ECHL, uh, junior hockey, uh, you know, maybe even college hockey. What if all those quote unquote feeder leagues are unable to play? I mean, some of these uh, owners, minor league owners, may not want to open the buildings without fans in them. I, I mean, those are just, you know, hard facts uh, when it comes to finances. They may not be able to, uh, to, to take those kind of losses. So Lou was asked about, you know, a potential talent gap uh, between the NHL uh, and these feeder leagues if the feeder leagues are not playing. I, I thought it was an interesting question and also a, a pretty interesting answer on Lou's part. That's an unknown right now, but I do believe the American Hockey League uh, will come back and will be in existence. Uh, whether they change a little bit of the format or the divisions, uh, uh, not unlike what's done in, in other sports, whether it be football or baseball, uh, but we have to develop our players. Uh, the good news, Kevin, is that uh, you know 75% of the teams are owned by NHL teams, uh, so that whatever the financial loss would be without having a crowd. You're really investing in the future of your organization so that uh, we would have to maybe create, you know, and I'm, I'm just, this is off the cuff to answer your question. Uh, there's nothing that I have any knowledge of, uh, but it, we might have to create our own little bubble with our group of players. Um, uh, but we can, you know, in our location anyway, uh, selfishly, we could have a bus league uh, and, you know, play X number of teams. Uh, I'm sure that the American Hockey League uh, will work extremely close with the NHL to do its best for all the franchises. But uh, I feel very comfortable that we will have an American Hockey League season um, 
and I would, if I had to make a guess, it would run simultaneously with the NHL, uh, if not sooner. Now, one thing Lou was certainly definitive about was where the Islanders will play when or if there is a 2020-21 season. We all know they're slated to open UBS Arena at Belmont Park uh, for the 21-22 season, but that leaves them one more season of home games before getting to their brand new building. And uh, Lou was adamant that those home games would be played at Nassau Coliseum, even though uh, in, in June, Mikhail Prokhorov's uh, arena management company, uh, Anexum, shut the building for all intents and purposes. And uh, even though there is a new developer in there, um, all that paperwork still has to be finalized. But Lou said uh, there, there's no doubt in his mind where the Islanders will play that one season before moving to Belmont. We will definitely be playing at the Coliseum next year. That is a confirmation. And I think it's also, in, and I'd like to get into a little different segment, it's an exciting time for our fans over the next couple of weeks uh, because it's my understanding uh, that the seat selection for the season ticket, people who have already purchased tickets at Belmont will be taking place, you know, uh, next week uh, in, early, in the early part of the following week. Uh, I think it's exciting if you haven't seen the website to see what uh, the building is starting to look like. Uh, the, the roof should be complete over the next couple of weeks, uh, but it's just an exciting time. Uh, I'm, I'm told that throughout the playoffs, uh, season tickets were just fantastic as far as the, the amount of interest people had and the amount of suites that they've sold. So things are going good. Uh, it, it's good to hear during this time. Uh, hopefully, you know, Sometime in the coming year at the Coliseum, we will have fans. It's great to see when we're looking at professional football right now that uh, depending upon the state that they're playing in, we see the fans in in the stands. Uh, I've read where potentially baseball, uh, depending upon different sets of circumstances before the uh, World Series gets, there might be fans there. So, so that, that's a great sight. Uh, and it's a great feeling to see that happening. And hopefully, you know, we can get back to, you know, more n normal situations uh, uh, for our sports. But also the most important thing is having everybody safe and, you know, sound uh, and doing all the things to keep ourselves safe. And I'd be remiss if I didn't use this time to, uh, you know, keep in mind the individual's that have allowed us to do this to people who go uh, without any recognition or any limelight. Uh, you know, uh, the workers, the doctors, the, you know, and so forth. I mean, you all know who they are, and uh, it, it's just incredible uh, what they've allowed us to be able to feel safe. Now, the NHL draft will be October 6th and 7th. Uh, conducted virtually. The Islanders uh, sent their first two picks uh, to Ottawa uh, for Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Um, so they have picks in rounds three through seven, one pick in each of the round, and their pick comes up the 28th pick in each of those rounds. So 
uh, Lou, Lou was asked about the challenges of preparing for a draft. Uh, there was no NHL scouting combine and uh, obviously uh, a lot of maybe the scouting opportunities teams had uh, were taken away. But, but Lou, is, Lou is always confident, but he's confident that his scouting staff has, has done enough homework to prepare for this virtual draft coming up. Well, fortunately, John, that most of the uh, work was done, uh, you know, prior to, you know, the pandemic uh, coming upon us. Uh, so there, there is a, a real strong viewing that has taken place. Uh, and certainly there is a lot more video that has been watched by scouts throughout the National Hockey League, not only the New York Islanders, that might not have been done otherwise, uh, so that uh, there were, the time was not wasted uh, during the uh, period that we couldn't go out and scout. And I know our scouts had been working at it uh, since the day that they couldn't go back on the road and have continued to do that uh, you know, through the playoffs. So I think that we're as well prepared as you possibly could be. I certainly was only participating on different Zoom calls when available, uh, you know, from the bubble. Um, you know, Chris and uh, and Steve have really uh, been overseeing all of this uh, while I've been away, and I feel our scouts have a, a handle on, you know, the picks that we have available. As you know, we do not have, uh, you know, a first and a second um, because of the uh, uh, Peugeot trade, uh, you know, which fortunately for us because of the success is, you know, down to, I believe, to 20, 28 and, you know, 56 or 57 or so. Uh, so, uh, but we will be drafting in the future rounds. Um, and, you know, we can just depend upon our scouting staff uh, for them to find something for us. And then just as he's talking about the challenges without a combine and uh, some of these scouting opportunities, he was also asked about the challenges of conducting the NHL draft virtually? As soon as I got back, I was, uh, you know, sort of uh, informed about how we were going to be doing it here. Uh, you know, Steve and Chris and, and Kimber uh, have been spending a lot of time also with our IT people as far as the setup. Uh, I, I'm, I believe it'll go very fluid from just my understanding. There'll certainly be some uh, dry runs of it over the next several days. Uh, we will be sort of observers unless something changes in the meantime uh, the first day because we do not have a first pick. Uh, we do not have a second pick, so we'll have an opportunity to watch and see if anybody does anything out of the ordinary uh, or if there's anything we can learn. But I think it's going to be, uh, you know, fairly simple uh, as far as it it comes across. I do know that the NHL is putting a lot of effort and time to make sure that it will come across uh, uh, extremely professional and very smooth, uh, not unlike the, the job that uh, Steve Myers did with the, uh, you know, back to play and the bubbles. And finally, the, the last clip I'm going to play uh, from Lou uh, he was, and he gives a, a very long, thoughtful answer here. Um, he he was asked exactly how to judge this season. Well, first of all, uh, you have to, uh, and you want to, uh, 
uh, certainly compliment the National Hockey League and the Player Association for coming together and doing and working, uh, you know, consistently at, at the by having a precedent of the players being safe and having a safe environment. And secondly, getting once that was accomplished, you know, getting the game on and doing a, just a, a, a great job uh, with the you know, bubble and the competitiveness of the players certainly was just outstanding. Uh, when we first went to uh, Toronto, I don't think any of us knew what to expect. Um, but as soon as the puck was dropped and uh, there was some contact, uh, I think that not having fans, uh, you know, was put aside. Uh, I'm told and I felt very comfortable watching the games uh, that I did not uh, attend in person on television, that I, uh, that it was like watching any hockey game that I had done watched previously when fans were there and you got in, involved in the game. So for the sport itself, uh, the competitors, uh, being able to get the season complete, as you said, uh, with, uh, you know, everyone safe. And I will tell you that you, you felt completely safe knowing that everyone was tested each and every day. All the workers were tested. Uh, you were comfortable. In fact, you had to remind yourself once you got home uh, that you were back uh, in a different environment and that you had to make sure that, you know, you you were concentrating on the things that you should as far as avoiding and making sure you're constantly washing your hands and not touching your face and doing things that maybe you relaxed a little, even though you were wearing a mask at all times, uh, you know, because of the comfortable feeling that you had with the way everything was prepared. And I think the way the games uh, were played, as far as from a spectator point of view, uh, I've heard nothing but positive feedback from everyone, whether it's former players, uh, also the players who participated in the games as far as watching how competitive uh, the other games were. So a complete success. Uh, big time kudos to the National Hockey League and to the Player Association uh, for pulling this off, uh, you know, with really no hiccups along the way. Uh, and we we actually, that is the Islanders, went from one hotel to another in Toronto and then uh, flew to Edmonton, as you know, uh, flew on a Saturday, played on a Monday, and then played just about every other night. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, we were all satisfied with the way we were treated um, and also, uh, you know, with the way uh, the whole operation was prepared. So there, there's uh, Lou's answers there, and uh, I hope you uh, enjoyed that, um, the Lou Lamarillo episode. And uh, we'll be back with uh, another episode of Island Ice uh, as news warrants or as guests warrant, but uh, it won't be that long. So until the next time, I'm your host, Andrew Gross. Again, please look for my verified account on Twitter. That's... Uh, with a little blue check mark next to it, not some squiggly line that's made up. A little blue check mark next to A Gross Newsday. And you can find everything 
on the Newsday website, newsday.com backslash sports. Uh, I'm talking uh, stories on hockey. I'm talking video. I'm talking all the podcasts. And the podcasts are also available uh, on the podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, uh, wherever you can subscribe to podcasts. Please do. Please leave a comment. Please like. uh, Please let us know how we're doing. And until the next episode... Happy hockey, everybody.